Hello, everybody. Welcome to Nevada Real Estate Radio. This is Peter Padilla, your host, and I'm pleased to be with you today. Even though it is the holiday season, we're hard at work here at Sage Advertising and Marketing. We're doing a lot of work for our clients to make sure that we can get the most bang out of the buck. This is the time of year when people are spending probably most of the money that they spend all year long, right? This is the big month, November, December, as we go into the holiday season. But I do want to encourage all of you to think about being fiscally responsible in your own life. You know, long after the gifts are forgotten and the treats are eaten, the bills start to pile up. And it can really put a hard time on your finances in January, February, March, maybe even beyond if you spend too much money in December. I would like to encourage all of you who are getting ready to do a lot of holiday shopping this season to really think about the spirit of the season. And that means giving from the heart, not so much from your wallet. And that also means that you can give things that you make, things that you have already in your home, maybe a prized possession that you own. You know, if something really means a lot to you and you are able to give that to somebody you love, well, that, that has a lot of significance. It means more than just getting on your cell phone, ordering an item that you're going to have delivered to a friend or a family member that you, may, you might not even see that item. Trust me, it does not have the significance that giving something from the heart does. So if you think about that, you actually can get more benefit from your gifts and more thankfulness for your gifts that you give to others. And at the same time, save yourself some money. Keep money in your pocket. I was recently playing a game that is part of the Rich Dad, Poor Dad series. It's a board game. Remember the board games like Monopoly and Life and all that good stuff? Well, there's a board game called Cash Flow. And I played it for the first time the other night over the Thanksgiving weekend. And let me tell you, it was an incredible experience for me because I'm in that business. I'm in the buying and selling business, real estate, investments. And I mean, I just love this game. What was really interesting to me, though, is that the young person that was joining us, uh, let's call her Cindy. Cindy was sitting at the table with us. Cindy's about 25 years old. And Cindy is, has a job. She's a part-time student. She's not really into investing, not really into watching what happens with the financial markets. Well, Cindy had a hard time playing this game. You know, like in the Monopoly game, you actually get to start with a certain amount of money coming into your coffers every month. And when you move around the board, periodically you get paid for the job that you do. So you're able to accumulate some money and then look at opportunities as they come by. Cindy was having a big challenge with the game because she really didn't want to do anything but just collect her money and save it. She had it stacked up real nice and neat. All the ones were in their place, all the tens were in their place, all the fifties were in their place. Everything was lined up nice and orderly, but she wasn't really taking advantage of any of the investment opportunities that came to her on the board game. I was at the other end of the table and at the other end of the scale. My money was all over the place. I mean, I was moving money in packs this way and saving a little bit of that pack that way. And when a deal came that, you know, looked like it might be a good investment in this game, cash flow, well, I, I got on it. Because in the game of cash flow, the key is to make sure that your passive income ultimately exceeds what your monthly expenses are. You get it? You got money coming in and the money coming in is more than you even need to pay your expenses. So that's like, that truly is living the dream. If you have a chance to play cash flow, I encourage you to do so. 
And if you have any questions about the game cash flow, we have some games here at our offices at Nevada Real Estate Radio. And I would love to share with you the opportunity to play the cash flow game. It'd be great for you and your family so that we can all and you can all learn more about the financial world and how to kind of get that spirit of looking for opportunities and taking advantage of those opportunities. So today we're going to talk about commercial opportunities. For one thing, in northern Nevada, we, we obviously always talk about real estate. We always talk about buying homes, selling homes, helping down payment assistance uh, programs for first-time home buyers, move-up buyers, investment buyers. But we don't talk a lot about the commercial market for a number of reasons, and that is there's not as many people in total that are involved with commercial real estate as there are in primary residence. But the good news is every week I get a report from the Johnson Group here in northern Nevada, and Fred Rowley is my contact there. He's the senior vice president of investments, and he has sent us the Northern Nevada Commercial Investment Real Estate Report for the third quarter of 2017. And his title of his report is, Our Market is Taking a Slight Pause. And what he says is that he noted that one of the local newspapers in its August 27th editorial had a quote. The newspaper's quote was, Home prices and rents are doing what they're supposed to, but there's more demand than supply. Prices are going up. So this inspires more building, more renovation, more residents to rent out basements or remodel garages. But over time, prices will naturally stabilize, and that's what markets do. But that's a good problem to have. What it means is that people are seeing a bright future for northern Nevada, and they want to move here. Now, I know that uh, it seems like all the industries are crazy busy right now. Uh, I know people are having a tough time trying to hire more staff. Even the cities of Reno, Carson City, all in involved in uh, part of northern Nevada, are working on making sure that they're fully staffed as well. Uh, another good thing that's happening in northern Nevada is the snow. The weather is bringing snow to northern Nevada, so snow and skiing, obviously they go hand in hand, right? You can't have one without the other. But the ski industry generates so much revenue for all kinds of businesses in northern Nevada, it's really critical that we have a good snow season. It wasn't until just last year that we started to have good snow in northern Nevada. And now in 2017, as we round the corner to 2018, let me tell you, I'm going to be up there on those boards myself. It's going to be a good time to be in northern Nevada. As more people are coming to northern Nevada to recreate, to ski, to snowshoe, they're going to be looking at homes, at opportunities. And I just see the snowball effect, pardon the pun, more and more people are going to be coming here because northern Nevada is an exciting and a dynamic place to live and to do business. Let's talk about some construction projects that are in the works here in northern Nevada. Planned apartment buildings. There's 36 projects that are totaling 14,142 units that are in the planning stages right now. Apartment buildings under construction, there are 16 of them and they total 3,000 547 units. This number, by the way, is unchanged since the second quarter, so they must still be working on that. So in total, as far as projects, either uh, apartment projects, either under construction or in the, in the final planning stages, we have 52 of them totaling 17,689 units. So when that happens, when there's so much apartment complex uh, project construction going on, it tells you that the market is really taken off because employers need places to have their employees live. And as more employees are being hired and there's a struggle to find homes, well, there you go. 
wise uh, construction companies are looking at apartment buildings as a great way to generate their inventory and grow their businesses as well. So let's look at some of the major apartment complexes currently under construction. ERGS, that's E-R-G-S, North Peak Apartments is underway with 104 units. That's in the northern part of the Truckee Meadows at Military and Lemon. Silverwing is continuing in the construction of 194 units in Victorian Square, and that's called The Bridges. Cromer's, 210 units. It's called The Vineyards at the Galleria. Now has four buildings open and two more on the way. Cromer's is also building a 336-unit joint venture with Maddox, and that's in construction. It's called the Sierra Vista, and it's on Arrow Creek Parkway. Uh, nearby, the Riders 252-unit South, uh, rather Village South Apartment building is continuing in the building and leasing process. Landcap has 209 units. It's called the Waterfront at the Marina, and it's wrapping up their ultra-luxury apartments. Who would have thought? A gravel pit one day and ultra-luxury apartments the next day at the Sparks Marina. Guardian Capital has resumed construction of their 312 units called Vita at Charlins and Mayan. The Summit Club by the Reno Land Development has finished grading on its 580 units by the Summit Mall in South Reno. And then Lewis Homes 278 unit Harvest at DeMonte Ranch Phase 1 is continuing in the construction and leasing process. Lewis is also underway with 148 units called Latitude 39, which is on Double R Boulevard, just north of the South Meadows Parkway. And Blake Smith continues his construction of 280 units called Life at the Marina in Sparks. Sound familiar? Didn't we just talk about Sparks a minute ago? Things are really cooking near the Sparks Marina. A company called Sunroad is progressing with their 330 units called Lumina, Lumina at the Pioneer Meadows. And Green Street's Vintage at the Crossings is rising just northeast of the South Town Crossing Walmart. There's a lot of action going on in the apartment world, which means if big business is looking at renters as one of the best ways to grow their business, maybe it's something you should think about if you're in your first home and maybe you're looking at maybe now would be a good time to move up to a bigger home. Well, instead of selling your home and then buying another primary residence, I encourage you to think about making an investment in yourself. Why not consider turning that first home into a rental property and then using cash flow, like we were talking about the game earlier, to give you monthly income, passive income, could be for a long, long time, maybe even the rest of your life. If you want to know if passive income is right for you, and how you can actually get your next bigger home without selling your first home, I encourage you to call Sherry Hill. Sherry is the CEO, the Wealth Protection Diva at Sage International, and she can help you with the strategy and the plan to turn your current primary residence into investment property so you can buy a newer home, be it to move up to a larger home or you might even be downsizing. There are a lot of great ways to create passive income with your primary residence. We're going to talk about that and more about the Commercial Investment Real Estate Report after this message. So, you're thinking about buying investment real estate. Getting the right mortgage is a critical part of your decision. This is Lou Carr, Branch Manager of Summit Funding in Sparks, Nevada. 
With today's extremely affordable mortgage interest rates, you have the opportunity to step into what could be the best investment purchase you'll ever make. How do you go about it? First, get pre-approved with a mortgage lender like Summit Funding. Then, find the right property at the right price. Summit Funding is ready to talk with you about getting a mortgage to purchase real estate. Visit summitfunding.net slash L-C-A-R-R or call 775-626-0775 for personal service. This is Lou Carr from Summit Funding, NMLS number 258750. Our branch NMLS number is 1042857. Summit Funding's NMLS number is 3199. Thank you. Summit Funding is an equal housing lender. There is risk in owning investment real estate and a lot of misinformation out there about it. Sherry Hill, the wealth protection diva at Sage International Incorporated, has been helping new as well as seasoned real estate investors for over 23 years protect their hard-earned wealth from the three flaming arrows of challenge, income taxes, liability exposure, probate, and death taxes. Sherry knows there's a thousand ways you can invest in real estate, but if you don't have the right strategy or the best entity, LLC, Series LLC, C-Corp, or S-Corp, in place, it's a lot harder to become a successful real estate investor. Call Sage International Incorporated, 775-786-5515, to schedule a free 30-minute consultation with Sherry Hill, the wealth protection diva, today. That's 775-786-5515. Call Sage International. Welcome back to Nevada Real Estate Radio. I'm glad you tuned into our show today. My name is Peter Padilla, and I'm enjoying talking about real estate in northern Nevada. Oh, we typically talk about primary residence, maybe a second home or investment property. Today we're talking about all that, sure, but we're also talking about the Northern Nevada Commercial Investment Real Estate Report that we received just recently from our friend Floyd Rowley at the Johnson Group right here in Reno, Nevada. They're located at 5255 Longley Lane, and Floyd is a great person to talk to about commercial real estate. If you'd like to get a hold of Floyd or any of the other pros at the Johnson Group, you can give them a call. Best way to reach them, 775-224-3183, and we're going to put Floyd Rowley's contact information on our website for this radio show, and it's at Nevada Real Estate Radio. A lot of people talk about buying real estate. Well, what they really mean is getting a mortgage to buy real estate. And the simplest mortgage to look at, of course, is for primary residents. Then come second homes, investment properties. I mean, when you're talking about investment properties, they can be as little as a primary residence or a duplex, a threeplex, or a fourplex. Well, if you're looking to keep some money in your pocket, let's say all the money you can in your pocket, you want to get a mortgage at a really, really fantastic rate with excellent terms so that you can use other people's money to develop your own process of getting passive income. So I recommend that you talk to a fantastic mortgage lender. His name is Lou Carr. Lou is the branch manager of Summit Funding in Sparks, Nevada. Now, Lou not only is the manager, but he's an excellent loan officer himself. He's in the trenches with his team, so he's helping pull the trigger on great real estate deals by making sure that your mortgage process is smooth and clear sailing. It's not easy in the mortgage world to do things fast and easy, 
But the folks at Summit Funding have really got it together. All they do is mortgage loans, so they're experts. They don't worry about checking accounts, savings accounts, who's handling the drive through They don't even have a drive through at Summit Funding. Face-to-face, that's the best way to reach them. But they're located in Sparks, Nevada at 5931 South Los Altos Parkway. And Lou Carr is the person to call. Best way to reach Lou, 775-626-0775. And tell him Peter sent you. I've got all of his contact information on our website, nevadarealestateradio.com. Later in the show, we're going to have Ernie Neal joining us. Ernie is an outstanding realtor here in northern Nevada, and he works at REMAX Complete in Sparks, Nevada. That's just off of Vista Boulevard and I-80. He's kind of in the heart of Sparks and the USA Parkway. You know, all that new stuff going on in the high-tech area, the Tahoe Industrial Center. Ernie Neal is a great person to help you find a home. He's going to be joining us later in the show. But right now, we're going to continue talking about our conversation about commercial real estate in northern Nevada. And as I mentioned earlier on the show, one of the reasons I'm so excited about talking about commercial real estate is because I recently played a fantastic board game called Cash Flow Quadrant. I played it with my my good and dear friend, the woman of my dreams, Sherry Hill, and her daughter and a friend. And let me tell you, it was a fantastic thing to be part of. It's like Monopoly, only a lot better because the options and the things that you can do on this board game are really a lot like life itself. I mean, you'll have a chance to find, uh, you might have to be forced to buy a trinket. It's called doodads. You know, forced to buy a TV, maybe forced to buy some new jewelry. You decide that you want to give some money away to charity. And, you know, this all comes out of the blue, out of nowhere. Also, you get opportunities, opportunities to invest in a twoplex, a fourplex, or an eightplex. And every time you get those opportunities, you're going to have to pay cash out of your bank, your own personal bank. You've got to pay cash to purchase these investment opportunities. But in many cases, what I love about this game is that you can purchase these properties with a mortgage. And so it tells you on the card, if you want to buy an Aplex, let's say you have to pay $2,000 cash, and then you're going to have a mortgage of $200,000. And you put that in your chart of accounts. But... You also know that every month you're going to have to deal with one thing that everybody loves to deal with, right? Cash flow. You're going to make X number of dollars per month from this one property. And I remember this 8plex, I think it paid $1,000 a month of cash flow to me. So suddenly by spending $2,000 and taking on a mortgage, I was earning $1,000 a month on this board game. Well, it didn't take long to get two or three of these properties. And before long... I was earning more in my passive income from my investment properties than I was earning at my job. What's really fun about cash flow, the game, is that you have to roll the dice to figure out which position you're going to take on in the game and which job you're going to start with. What's your job? And all of the jobs, of course, pay different amounts of salary and they have different amount of expenses. And, you know, the job also means that in your life you have ex-pets, ex-children, ex-mortgage already. I was lucky, I think. I got the job of the mechanic. And so my job was just to fix cars, basically. I call it, I got the grease monkey job. And although I didn't make a lot of money, I really looked at every investment that came to me. And at one point, I remember, I was able to buy a stock. I could only buy one share for $20. But I went ahead and took the opportunity. I bought one share. 
And it wasn't in just a few moves that my stock had doubled. And so I sold it for $40. I made $20 with just the roll of the dice. Well, as these opportunities started to come around to me, I would look at some of these opportunities. And if I could afford them and I thought there was a reasonable option to make money, I went ahead and made the purchase. The lady I was talking about earlier in the show, Cindy, she wasn't too aggressive. So she passed on a lot of deals that could really have made her a lot of money. And I think she liked the fact that she was a dentist. That was what her job was that she drew in the game. And as a dentist, she was making a lot of money every month. And she kind of hated to think about partying with that money to invest it. You know, the idea that you might lose it if you, you know, don't do it right or if you run into some bad luck. But I guess life is a lot like a game. You have to take some chances. And if you're not conditioned to taking chances with your money, then, you know, you probably will not see the retirement, see the future life that you're looking for. That's what cash flow teaches you, though. It teaches you how to get passive income so that when you are in your later years or when you want to retire and enjoy life to the fullest extent, you don't have to worry about your financing because your investments are going to continue to bring cash right to your door. Encourage you to think about playing cash flow. Continuing our conversation about the Northern Nevada Commercial Real Estate Report. We got it from Floyd Rowley earlier in the week, and he's talking about the information from the third quarter. And we finished talking about all the new apartment buildings that are going to be opening up here in Northern Nevada. Uh, the, the investors, the people that are building these, they know there's going to be a lot of cash flow for them when they get those rented out. There was a, an article that was recently talked about, the grand opening ceremony, which was really recently held August the 18th to kick off the new Park Lane Mall. Park Lane Mall, right in the corner of South Virginia and Plum Lane, is a 46-acre parcel. It's going to be containing 1,600 apartments, retail, dining, parks, and outdoor concert space. Um, it's going to be, you know, it's going to keep the name Park Lane, and even the vintage sign is going to be there. So tenants are expected to start moving in in about one year toward the end of 2018, and it's right now providing a lot of construction jobs. Ultimately, over 3,000 construction and 700 permanent jobs are expected to be the result of the redevelopment at Park Lane Mall. And it's expected to contribute over $77 million to the city's general fund and the school district and redevelopment district too, plus another $16 million in development fees. Um, there is a uh, new Stradivarius is coming to university. Well, it's the UNR will sell a Stradivarius violin to help pay for its new arts building. Um, the violin was a gift from the Edwin L. Weingard to UNR's music department in 1974. And let me tell you, when it comes to violins, there's only about 650 Stradivarius violins in existence. And once you hear a violin play that's of Stradivarius, you'll know why. I have heard one in my life, ladies and gentlemen. It's an incredible, um, incredible instrument. The Northern Nevada Business Weekly uh, reported on August the 7th that UNR plans to develop a joint computing cluster with Switch to boost research capacity and to better support research in general. The Innovation Center is the downtown incubator, and Switch is providing a $3.4 million in technology infrastructure support services for the five years uh, housed at Switch Tahoe, Reno. Um, a recent Newswire uh, announced that Switch um, closed its IPO of 35.9 million shares of Class A common stock 
at $17 in the sh a share. And those shares began trading on the New York Stock Exchange in early October. And the ticker switch, uh, ticker symbol is switch. That's S-W-C-H. Um, the August edition of Economic Pulse, published by the Governor's Office of Economic Development, announced that Nevada's strategy to embrace innovative industries gained a boost with the adaptation of Assembly Bill 69, which aims to make Nevada a leader in autonomous vehicle policy, research and development, and the testing and operation of fully autonomous vehicles. Lots of things going on in northern Nevada, all across Nevada. Heck, Clark County gave the go-ahead to the building of the Las Vegas Raiders Stadium on September 6th, as reported in one of the major newspapers in Las Vegas. Um, the Raiders have yet to solve the problem of the relocation of the team because they're planning to start in the 2020 football season. I think their biggest problem right now is the running game. If you want to have a great football team in the NFL. You've got to establish a running game, and recently the Raiders have not been able to do that. I'm confident, though, whether they get that Raiders game uh, running game going or not, commercial real estate in northern Nevada is a great thing to consider. And if you want more information about the commercial investment real estate report for the third quarter, there's a ton of information there. We have it available for you here at Nevada Real Estate Radio. If you'd like to get a complete copy send an email to me, Peter, at Nevada Real Estate Radio, and put Commercial Investment Real Estate Report in the title, and I'll get that out to you post-haste. I want to thank you for staying tuned to Nevada Real Estate Radio. We're going to be back with more, including Ernie Neal from REMAX Complete in Sparks, Nevada, and more after this message. So, you're thinking about buying investment real estate. Getting the right mortgage is a critical part of your decision. This is Lou Carr, branch manager of Summit Funding in Sparks, Nevada. With today's extremely affordable mortgage interest rates, you have the opportunity to step into what could be the best investment purchase you'll ever make. How do you go about it? First, get pre-approved with a mortgage lender like Summit Funding. Then, find the right property at the right price. Summit Funding is ready to talk with you about getting a mortgage to purchase real estate. Visit summitfunding.net slash L-C-A-R-R or call 775-626-0775 for personal service. This is Lou Carr from Summit Funding, NMLS number 258750. Our branch NMLS number is 1042857. Summit Funding's NMLS number is 3199. Thank you. Summit Funding is an equal housing lender. Sage International Incorporated is proud to be celebrating 23 years in business. We believe if you know the way, you must light it for others. Owning a business can be hard, demanding, and even bizarre. At Sage International, our passion centers on education, which is based on our own experiences of building a company from scratch, along with the insights gained from the thousands of clients we have served. If you are a business owner, real estate investor, professional or entrepreneur, and not sure how to properly structure your business and personal assets to safely grow, protect, and leverage your hard-earned wealth from the three flaming arrows of challenge, income taxes, liability exposure, probate and estate taxes, then call Sage International Incorporated at 775-786-5515 to schedule a free 30-minute consultation with Sherry Hill today. 
That's 775-786-5515. Call Sage International. And we're back on Nevada Real Estate Radio. You picked a great day to tune into our radio show today. Even though it's the holiday season, astute buyers and sellers are thinking about real estate. Many people many times get caught up in all oh, the gift-giving season, the holiday eating season, and going out and about to parties. We forget to take, about our, take care of our financial life, our personal life. But you really do need to focus on it year-round. In fact, many, many people get in trouble with their finances when it comes to the holidays because so many people want to overspend and then overgive. Maybe we're trying to buy happiness. Maybe we're trying to buy affection of our loved ones. I know when I was younger, I probably did a lot more buying of gifts than I do now that I'm older because I think I learned the magic rule and that is that you can't buy happiness and affection. True. Ernie Neal from Remax Complete is with us. Welcome to the show, Ernie. Thank you, Peter. I bet you've bought a lot of gifts for other people in your lifetime. Still do. You still do, yeah. But I bet you look at gifts giving a little bit differently than you did when you were a teenager, 20s, 30s, moving forward. Um, if you're like me, Ernie, you're much more astute and aware of what you're buying and why you're buying things. Uh, that is a fact. If I give a gift, I really uh, think about uh, what I'm giving to somebody and uh, what kind of, uh, how they could use it. Uh, I do a lot of Barnes & Noble gift giving. Also, Amazon, and uh, I, I really like to give books. Uh, I enjoy sharing. If I read a book, I really enjoy it. I get a lot out of it. I, there's a lot of people I like to share it with. Yeah, you know, sharing experiences and sharing time with others is a gift in itself. And many times it's the, it's the most important gift, Ernie, because we all want affection. We all want comfort. And we, we really only get that from our family members. Uh, well, if you, if you got a kid, that's the best gift you can give them is spending time with them. They're uh, really a part of you, and uh, you know I have a lot to share with the with the youngsters, whether it's my own kids or anybody else. I like to share experiences that I've had and hopefully have learned from. Yeah, experience really is the gateway to knowledge, but sometimes you know you just don't know if you're doing something wrong until you actually do it, and boy, then do you learn your lesson. But as you get older, as you get a little longer on the tooth, and you have more experience, you have a much better basis of comparison as to what's good and what's not. I have learned that you uh, absolutely cannot buy affection. Uh, I have to admit, I tried in my early years. And although uh, a gift is, is often felt like it's appreciated, it's not always appreciated either because you give the wrong gift. And, you know, it's sometimes worse than giving any gift at all. Because I have then done that, that. That person thinks, this, this guy knows nothing about me, right? And so you turn something that could have been good not even back to a neutral, but it goes negative on you. So uh, the, the thing I'm talking about to a lot of people this holiday season, Ernie, is to, to really give the gift of love first and foremost. And, it's, and that means it's not a thing that you can buy online or at one of the big department stores. When you give the gift of love, I'm talking about things like a gift that you make for somebody, a gift that you're happy with yourself, but you love this other person so much you're willing to give something that's important to you. Um, and of course, the time. So many times, uh, especially with our elderly parents and loved ones, we don't really give them the kind of time that I know they want. Uh, I had an elderly mother for many years, and she just loved having people visit her, and that was the best gift that you could give to my mom. Of course, uh, she was very popular, had a lot of kids and grandkids, but regardless, I think we all want to have uh, that feeling of knowing that other people care about us. One of the things that we talk about is the importance of uh, taking care of your family with home ownership, Ernie, 
and that's why you're here with us today. It's, it's tough for a lot of people in northern Nevada to consider buying a home nowadays because literally the homes have more than doubled in price over the course of the last five years. From 2012 to today, in the fall and winter of 2017, the home values, median home price has gone up from about 150000 to well over 300000 It's huge, and five years goes like that for many of us. So how do you recover? How do you do that? Well, my thought is that you have to be a much smarter buyer than ever before, and you have to know how to stretch a nickel. So welcome to the show, Ernie Neal. You're going to talk to us about how to stretch a nickel when you are looking to buy real estate, and you've got a limited budget. I bet some of your clients come to you and they say, Ernie, I, I can't quite afford that home. Uh, that happens all the time. In fact, uh, uh, it's not always the client telling me that, but it's the lender <laughs> who tells them that. Yeah. And that's, uh, that's very frustrating for them because they've saved, they've been uh, monitoring their credit, they've got good credit scores, and uh, the prices have just crept up so much over the last four years that people are priced out of the market. When we talk northern Nevada home prices, just to let you and the audience know, we're primarily talking about Reno, Sparks, Carson City, Minden, Gardnerville. Those areas are consistently and have consistently moved up over the course of the last five years where it's really out of reach for a lot of people that, that had the capacity just not but more than a year or two ago now, they're struggling to find that. So what are some of the ways that you can think about, Ernie, that people can maybe find a way to get a home that they've been looking for to get started on becoming a first-time home buyer? Well, there are people who uh, come from California who don't mind commuting 30, 35, 40 miles. Uh, I know Nevadans don't like the idea. But uh, uh, I know people from L.A., they don't think anything of driving uh, 60 minutes to get to work. Mm -hmm. If that is in your uh, realm of possibility, you can go to places like Fernley. Uh, you can go over uh, uh, to uh, places uh, across uh, out of, outside of Carson City. And uh, there are, uh, you get a lot more bang for the buck. Mm -hmm. And so... Uh, uh, you want to save 100000 on the price of a house, get the same exact house that you'd get here in Sparks for uh, 350000 You can get it over in Fernley for about 250000 Yeah. I think the people that have lived in northern Nevada a long time and have been through the cycles up and down, maybe some, you know, some natives, they struggle with that half-hour drive to think about that they have to drive that far because, you know, if they're like most of us when we grew up, we were maybe five or ten minutes away from home when we'd go to work or go to school. And the world is just so much bigger now. But the good news is, Ernie, is that cars are more efficient than they ever have been. They're more reliable than they've ever had been. And the roads are much better, better much, much better, better than safer. they used to be. I mean, 20 or 30 years ago, the road to Fernley may well have been a dirt road for all I know. If it wasn't a dirt road, I can guarantee you the road wasn't as wide and fast as it is today. So there's a whole different feel when you have to travel that far. And I got to tell you, Ernie, I used to live in a couple of big cities. The last big city I lived in was Phoenix. And when I lived in Phoenix, I also had a home in Tucson. I and mean, that's about 100 miles, just shy under 100 miles away. So it's about an hour and a half drive on the interstate. And I learned that that drive really helped me be in many ways more relaxed and more successful and st more more without stress because that one hour that I used to drive back and forth at least three times a week from Phoenix to Tucson that was a chance for me to unwind 
I could also think about projects and think about creative ideas. And I also was able to do something that I can't do on a five-minute drive to work. I was able to listen to books on tape. And books on tape really allowed me to really hone my skills, sales skills in this regard. It helped me hone those sales skills by listening to some of the masters in the industry. So whether you are a salesperson or you want to start a business or you're a musician, there are lots and lots of training opportunities and educational opportunities that you can get on an audio CD, a download, a tape if you've still got a tape machine in your car. But the fact is, if you are astute, you can put that commuting time to good value. I've done that. Uh, in fact, it uh, seems that I don't have time to read all the books I want to read. And uh, I go to the public library. They have whole sections of books on CD. For free, you can uh, uh, read uh, a novel that sells for $29.95. And uh, uh, if you're doing a 30-minute commute every day, you can read a lot of books. You absolutely can. So, you know, you have to learn how to compensate when you have a factor like a commute time in your world. But you're right, Ernie. If you look at a home in Fernley versus a home in Sparks or Reno, comparable home, you're probably looking at spending about $100,000 or more less in Fernley than you would in the metro areas. There are other ways, other ways that you can save money on a home b below the median home price in northern Nevada and still not have to commute too far if you are interested in becoming that first-time home buyer. What are some of those other things? Well, we're going to talk about them right after this quick message from our sponsors. There is risk in owning investment real estate in your personal name. Sage International Incorporated, a local business, has been helping new and seasoned real estate investors with their real estate investment strategy by forming LLCs, series LLCs, and corporations for over 23 years to protect their real estate assets. Call 775-786-5515 for a free 30-minute consultation. That's 775-786-5515. Call Sage International. And we're back on Nevada Real Estate Radio. My name is Peter Padilla, and I'm your host on our radio program. We are in our 12th year of weekly broadcasts, helping people make great decisions when it comes time to buy or sell real estate. And we've done this every month of the year, too, since we launched. The month that people are least likely to buy homes, I know, is December. Why? Well, people are thinking about the holidays, they're thinking about Christmas, they're thinking about getting ready for the new year. And besides, it's cold outside. Who wants to go outside and drive around and look for houses? And besides, many of the houses that people might be interested in, well, they might have snow on the roof. You can't tell if it's a good roof. They might have snow on the yard. You can't tell what the yard's like. Uh, you know, it might just be so cold that even the sellers aren't interested in selling at that time. My contention, though, Ernie, is that the wintertime might be the time to get a great and the best deal of the year. Talk about stretching a nickel. You want to go out right now, between now and January, you can, uh, you can get a better deal. There's not going to be a line of people making offers unless mm -hmm. there's just a really killer price out there, a really killer deal. Fact is, there are sellers who are desperate to sell, and... Uh, they're not getting the traffic uh, on their listing at this time that they've gotten over the last uh, four or five months, summer and fall. You know, if you've got a piece of real estate and you have to sell for whatever reason, a family emergency, 
um, new change in your family lifestyle, whatever the reason is, you, in most cases, you're not going to wait months to sell. You need to sell the house right now. So if you're a home buyer and you know that there's homes for sale in December, that's the best time to, to look. I agree too, Ernie, because that's when the herd is thinned out a little bit. So because the herd is thinned out, because there's less buyers available at this time of the year, Ernie, I encourage people to get out and about and look for homes if they're in the market. I mean, this is a good time to be shopping. Best time to be shopping. But, uh, yes, there could be uh, a little snow around, but uh, you're going to real, really get a good feel for the house. Plus, the fact, I recommend hiring uh, a licensed inspector after you get into escrow to make sure that the house is structurally sound and that there's no electrical, plumbing, any serious problems. So uh, right. you're, gonna, <clears throat> you're still going to know that the house is sound mm -hmm. uh, because you're going to get a professional inspection. You know, the thing I like about winter is that you can check certain things on a home that you can't check in the summer. For instance, if there's a fireplace in the home, you can go ahead and see how it's burning, see if it's got good airflow. If there's a wood stove or a pellet stove, great opportunity to have that thing fired up and see how it heats up. If you have and had an issue with freezing pipes in the past, well, you know what to look for when you're looking at a new home. So you can check to see if the pipes are all insulated properly or they're recessed properly. And if there's any frozen pipes or freezer, frozen damage, frozen pipe damage, you'll be able to see it in the wintertime. You can't see that stuff in the summertime. So those are some of the things, if you look at, there are, there are advantages to shopping for a home in winter. But Ernie, not everybody can do that. Not everybody wants to do that. So let's talk about some other ways that people can save money when they're buying their first home. One of the things I think about is manufactured homes. What do you think? Absolutely. In fact, uh, manufactured homes are built better than the site-built houses. Ask me, well, how's that, Ernie? How's that, Ernie? Well, think about this. You get a house that's built on the lot by a regular construction company. Mm -hmm. How do you think that house is going to do driving down the freeway at 75 miles an hour? Well, it can't. It, uh, it's well, not made to do that. It's not made to do that, but a manufactured house, in fact, does that. That's how we get it here. Mm -hmm. It comes from the factory, and those are built solid. They have to survive that road trip. You know, a friend of mine is into tiny houses, right? And, and then another friend of mine is into RVs. Well, you put the two together, a tiny house and an RV, it was like the original trailer house. And people used to live in trailer houses, and they were even called trailer houses because in most cases, like back in the Lucy and Ricky days, they would tow their trailer house wherever they go, so they always had their home with them. And even back then, it was amazing to think that your home could actually go down the highway and still stay in one piece. But now, these homes, like you say, Ernie, they're built on a whole different standard to a whole new different level of code. Absolutely. They're built in a factory. And so consequently, you don't have weather interruptions. You don't have snowstorms, rainstorms, windstorms going along and uh, uh, compromising the construction as it's going on. It's all in a, in a uh, climate-controlled uh, factory building and uh, everything is done there. In fact, the uh, the, the construction people, their tools are all right there on the factory floor. They don't uh, drive around with their tools from site to site. Everything is there. They, it's all very highly controlled. I used to work in a mobile home manufacturing company in the early 70s. 
And even then, the homes are starting to be really, really solid, really nice. So I, I would see some things that I didn't like, like I wasn't a big fan of the way the windows were installed at the plant where I worked at. And it seemed like they weren't really that secure. And, you know, a few cosmetic things. But it wasn't much later, it was after 1976 that the new codes came in that even up the standard of manufactured homes to a point to where banks do mortgages on manufactured homes, just like they'll do a, a loan on a regular home. The only thing is, is, of course, that it has to be on its own permanent foundation. Manufactured homes have a lot of solid factors going in their favor nowadays with the new codes, with higher building standards, better insulation standards. But here's one of the things I really love about thinking about buying a manufactured home instead of a stick-built home, Ernie. It's this. Most manufactured homes that I see are on bigger lots, half an acre, a third of an acre, an acre, two acres. I mean, I have a feeling that's why people like manufactured homes to a large degree. What are your thoughts on that? Well, elbow room. We Americans like elbow room. And uh, you, you get a house on a third of an acre, you'd be surprised how much a third of an acre is. It's, okay. a, lot of, it's a lot of space. Mm -hmm. Most of these houses are on a tenth of an acre. And uh, that's not much. Well, you're, you're right up against your neighbor in many of these subdivisions where you have track homes. Uh, garage is tight. Everything is tight because you have a little kind of like a postage stamp lot in a big subdivision. And many times, I would imagine, with especially the new construction earning, homeowners association dues. They're almost everywhere on new, new homes or newer homes. With manufactured homes, I would bet that it's rare that you have a homeowners association do most uh, most of the manufactured homes do not uh, are on lots that do not have uh, associations uh, associations uh, you never know some are good some are not so good uh, some are outrageous I mean there's uh, places down uh, uh, near downtown that they want six uh, six hundred dollars a month just for the association dues. Oh, man, that's incredible. Well, they'll have a swimming pool. They'll have guards uh, at the gate and things like that. That's all nice, but that's a big expense. Well, you know, when you're a first-time home buyer, especially, you're trying to manage your finances. You're trying to limit your expenses. You're trying to do everything you can so you can just get started on buying your home and get some momentum. And so why would you want to pay for an expensive gym membership? along with that. Why would you want to hire a landscaper to mow your lawn every week as a new home buyer? Why would you need somebody to come around and paint the fences and paint your house every year or two or whatever the cycle is when you don't really need it and you can't afford it? You're a first time home buyer. You don't have the time in your life right now for those luxuries. Yet when people buy a new home or they buy a home in a homeowners association, Ernie, that's exactly what they're doing. They're taking another big chunk of money for other expenses that, quite frankly, in my opinion, are luxuries. It is. Uh, a swimming pool is nice, but here in Nevada, you're using it three, maximum four months out of the year. And uh, there are plenty of public pools. Uh, uh, landscaping, well, a lot of people uh, don't want to mow their lawns anymore, but uh, they got kids. and. Uh, what you do is you bribe the kid away from his computer, tell him to mow that lawn, and uh, he can go uh, go to the movies with his friends. No, you give him, a, give him a few bucks, make, you know, give him an incentive it's to do that. It's more than a few bucks these days. Plus, you're giving them the opportunity to learn that uh, nothing's free. 
You work, do a little work, you get some money. You do a little bit more work, you get more money. So it's, it has multiple benefits. But the Homeowners Association can be a big challenge, especially for first-time home buyers. Ernie, you're a great person to know in the real estate world. You're at Remax Complete and Sparks. Let our listeners know a little bit about the office. Uh, we've got uh, experienced uh, realtors. Uh, some of them have decades of experience. In fact, most of them have very long uh, careers in real estate. We're uh, about uh, 13, 14 uh, uh, realtors in our office, so we're small, and uh, we're very responsive. People uh, get a hold of us, and uh, uh, they can uh, they can get uh, homes uh, sent to them very quickly in the uh, printouts for multiple listings. They can get them emailed to them. They can get delivered in paper. And uh, they can start their home buying process very quickly. Well, and you're one of my favorite persons there, Ernie. I've had a great opportunity to visit with other of your associates. They're all fantastic. I love your broker, Janine Raffinelli. And everything that you do there, and you've got a lot of years in the business, I want to encourage our listeners to give you a call if they need somebody who's really great at being um, creative when it comes time to buy or sell real estate here in Northern Nevada. Ernie, what's the best way to reach you in case anybody wants to contact you? Best way to call me is uh, first uh, at the office in Sparks, 358-4000. And uh, uh, my cell is uh, also area code 775-225-0026. Got it, Ernie. We'll put it all on our website, nevadarealestateradio.com. That way we'll make it easy for people to find you and hope you come back to visit with us soon. Be happy to do so. I'd like to thank our listeners for tuning in. My name is Peter Padilla, your host. Please tell your friends and family we're on the air again next week. Same time, same station. So be sure to tune in so you can get some great interest and advice on buying real estate in Northern Nevada. Goodbye, everybody. Goodbye. You've been listening to Nevada Real Estate Radio with Peter Padilla. We value your listenership and appreciate your feedback. Want to talk with Peter? Send an email to peter at nevadarealestateradio.com.